Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Full 40 with Chris and Rob, part of the Stay Tuned Network, brought to you by Nova Insider. We are coming to you after the Providence loss, boo. Yes. From Gimlet Media. Part of Spotify. Part of Spotify studio in Brooklyn. We are in a podcast studio. Yeah, because they actually acquired us yeah. for a few million dollars. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Probably life-changing amount of money. Right. No, it didn't happen. Yeah. But we are actually at Gimlet Media in a podcast studio. So you'll notice the sound quality. Might be a little better. Just to be clear, we're not using any better equipment. <laughs> yeah. Because we're like looking at this podcast stuff here and it's like, uh, well, well I, don't, I don't have time to fucking figure that out we're, right now. Yeah, we actually don't know how to use the equipment, so we're using our crappy mic. Yeah. So but at least the room is soundproof. Yeah, the room is soundproof, so we probably sound quite clear. And so my not, f- my foot tapping will come across very clearly if it happens. Yeah, yeah. But we don't have whiskey, so no glass <sighs> Alas, so uh, what are oh, you going to well. do? All right. So a lot of ground to cover and being respectful to our listeners' ears. Because <laughs> we haven't been. Because we haven't been yeah. going for lengthy podcasts after lengthy podcasts recently. We do our best to keep this one quick and short. Yes. Um, so we're done. Yeah. Good week. Good week. Good, nice talking to you. And <laughs> as you always, let's go. Um, no. So, but we had a quick week re- recap in terms of games. Um, we really thought this was going to be a 2 a week. I saw that Providence could be a potential L, potential trap game with Seton Hall coming up and Providence is playing well lately. I still thought at home we would get this done. Yeah. yeah. But, but we didn't. Um, so let's start with the St. John's game. The tale of that game. It was Sadiq Bay and Justin Moore. 100%. Yeah. And our, we're just going to go ahead and announce it right now. Our ARF, ARF, Alpha Dog of the Week was Sadiq Bay. Even with his foul out, bullshit foul out against Providence, yep. his show out against St. John's was bananas. Shooting wise, everything, he was just incredible. Yeah, he was uh, he was straight up killing it. Just an amazing all around game, yeah. which is pretty much what Sadiq Bay does. Yes, and as a result, we have a new segment on Sadiq's draft stock that yes. we're going to go into after the Providence recap called Baywatch. Baywatch. Yes. Yes. We're pretty excited about it. Yeah, we're excited about Baywatch because we think it's going to happen. There's a lot of opinions out there. We'll see what happens. Uh, absolutely. So yeah. stay tuned for that one. Yeah, stay tuned. The story of the St. John's game was one of those annoying games that we were always in control and yet never in control in that in that we were up big and then we let them back in and then we got up again and we let them back in and we never put them away. We ultimately won the game. We might have even led wire to wire, maybe a couple ties in there or something like that. I don't think we ever really ceded the lead to them no. for any reasonable like or important period of time. But it was just never a game. It was a game that should have been a 20-point game. We should have just blown the doors off. And this team has, again, not shown the ability to do be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the takeaway from me for this week is this is exactly the team we've seen all season. You know what you're getting. 
inconsistency and yeah. the inability. <laughs> you know what you're getting in that you don't know what you're <laughs> yes. getting. Yeah. And the inability to really slam the fucking door on somebody's face. Yeah, right. We've had the opportunities. We've talked about it time and time again. Yeah. I just keep watching the team and I keep seeing the same thing. So, yeah. like, when people ask, like, oh, like, what's the ceiling on, on this team? Like, could they could they make a Final Four run? I mean, in theory, in, you could. In theory, in theory, they can go lights out from three but, and 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 kick a bunch of ass. But like statistically, like we just haven't seen that. It's too up and down. And so my answer to that is very unlikely in my mind. And that's what we saw this week. Yeah. Um, and then the Providence game, man, that game was that game was fucking brutal. It, it was, Absolutely garbage. Like eighteen points in the first half is horrible. The refs never seem to let us. I am not a big blame the refs guy, but I can tell you I did not. I thought the way the game was refereed, it got in our way of building any sort of rhythm, any sort of momentum. Fouling out Bay was bullshit. Like, I was just disappointed with the refereeing. I'm not blaming the referees. I'm blaming our three-point shooting. Yeah. Like, yeah, this, I, I... this game is our three-point shooting, but, like, Shooting is a rhythm thing. So I just, I just, the game was choppy. It was messy. I didn't like it at all. And we shot like shit and nothing happened right in this game. I mean, I I get what you're saying. When you look at the stat line, when you shoot, when you're a three point dominant shooting team and you shoot, what do we shoot? 15% from three, you're going to lose the game. The fact that we were in the game with a minute left is a testament to the defense. Is unbelievable. Right. I totally get your point, though. There were a few possessions kind of midway through the second half where we had knocked down the lead a bit. We were knocking at the door and we got a couple like kind of BS soft foul calls that really stymied any ability to do that. That said, Providence gave us ample opportunity. No question. Not only to come back in that game, but to win the game. And we just were not able to do it. And again... This goes back to the inconsistency point. There are nights when we just kill people from three, and there are nights when we can't do anything. And what's different about this team, again, is we contrast it so many times with 18, is 18 was more consistent there, but they also had a really strong inside presence as well that you could work it when this wasn't working. And here we see when the three-pointers aren't falling, that's kind of well, all we the got. The 18th team had an inside presence in Jalen Brunson. <laughs> Jalen Brunson and Omari. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The point um, being, there were lots of different ways to score the ball. We were, look, let's say this way. We shot 33s today. 30. Yeah. We hit five. It's not very good. No. Our season average would be to hit like 13, 12 or 13 of them. If we hit 10, we win in a blowout. The issue, the issue with this team is that you can look at what our average is over the season, but the average doesn't reflect how we play because we have a, we'll have to run the numbers. High delta. We have a high variability there. Yeah. Like we go, we've had multiple games where we shoot 20, 15% from three and then other games where we shoot 50 plus percent. So yeah. it's that fluctuation just isn't going to cut it yeah. come tournament time. We wanted to give the Shaq, um, the RFARF Apple Dog of the Week to Justin Moore. Yeah. But when you go 0 of 8, from three. I think he got one today. Let's give him a little credit. Did he actually hit? I think, I think he had one. Either way, when when you shoot that poorly in today's game, it's just tough to... He had one. He had one? Yeah. Right. Well, either way, it doesn't matter. You still shot like one of eight. Yeah. One of eight. Okay. One, one of eight. One of eight. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's pretty much the takeaway from... 
from this. Week, I don't right? want to take too much away from from basketball wise, just because I think that the I think that the poor shooting is it was was and I expect poor shooting nights and bad shooting nights, but this was like aber- like total aberration in terms of how low it is. Like it's one thing to shoot poorly and shoot like twenty twenty five percent, fifteen percent is like is like god awful. Fifteen percent, and they were open looks too. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like the, from, the, from the from my point of view, it wasn't like we were firing up a bunch of like rocket missiles that were just there were just guys draped all over us. Like we had open looks. Yeah. Like we moved the ball around, we got to open looks, got to open shooters, missed the missed the jumper. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we just don't have that many guys at this point that we can really rely on from a three point shooting per, uh, three point percentage. At this point, you've got typically Colin, Sadiq, and Moore. Yeah, and beyond that, it's kind of a crapshoot between J Rob, Cole, J Rob, J Rob, which we just found out. That's what the guys. That's call what the guys call him. Yeah. So we've been calling him JRE. So. If you know, you know it's J Rob. Now we know um, J Rob and uh, and Samuels have just really been been inconsistent there. So relying on them is doesn't seem like something you should be doing as an in the know fan. Yeah, at least that's where I stand. Um, um, should we talk about Ed Cooley's suit game? Well, yeah, that was also atrocious. I think that part of the reason we shot poorly was because we were looking at Ed Cooley's suit. It's very distracting. It was extremely distracting. It looked like, you know, the old static television. That's what it looked like. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it absolutely did. It was like, it was almost like there was a bright blue highlighter that like if you were a player and you quick pan, you'd be like, oh, I'd pan back. Because there's this bright blue thing here that my eyes are drawn towards. Yeah. Do you know the beginning of like the all the all of the lights Kanye West video where yeah, it yeah. says like might cause epilepsy? <laughs> like yeah. I feel like every time they flash to him, like they should have given that warning. It I, like, I would parental agree advisory. Totally, totally agree. Yeah. If you if you don't know what we're talking about, you need to look it up. Ed Cooley head on. And, and look, Ed Cooley, he's like he's like a fine dresser. He doesn't stray too far from the norm. When he's not ripping his when he's out ripping his pants, which yeah. is one of like the all-time great suit moments in college basketball, he doesn't stray too far from his core, which is good. We respect that. Like you know what you're bringing to the table, you stick with it. Ed clearly said, "You know what? I got Villanova on the radar. I'm bringing my blues, baby. We're taking down the Nova Nation." He just went so overboard. It was like one of the brightest blue suits I've seen. It, it was the suit. It was the vest, and then he also had like a checkered shirt on underneath. Oh, it, I missed the checkered and like shirt a flowery too. Flowery tie. Oh, it was. It was bananas. It oh was, my god. It was. It was the clash of everything. It was. It was quite interesting. Uh, I guess that's the style they they rock at, at Providence. Maybe you went to like the men's warehouse in Providence. You're like, yeah, man. Put this, put this together. You'll be, you'll be good to go. <laughs> Jay's probably like, "What the fuck is going on right now?" Yeah. Well. Uh, anyway, the Shaq Fit Man Play of the Week though did come in the Providence game. Mm. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, whose game is surprisingly below the rim. Yeah. They got to work on that in the offseason. Yeah, yeah. But his game is surprisingly above the rim. Had a rim rocker. He did on a putback at a key point in the game. At a key too. point in the game, that thought like I think it got the game down to like two. Yeah. And you thought, okay, with that rim rocker, crowds into it. Like maybe we got a shot here of like actually closing out and stealing a win back from Providence, but alas, didn't work. But man, that was a hell of a play. That was it, a was, it was. It was a rim rocker. That was that was awesome. That's everything I've been looking for. It was like strong. It was tough. I loved it. 
if if we would have won that game, that would have been like on the highlight reel for this season. Like boom, yeah. J Rod yeah, just that, throws it down. That and Slater had a great oh, steal yes. and breakaway and, and a good flush, which I saw he was actually very careful to make sure that although he dunked it, he kind of threw it through the hoop very carefully, made sure that there was no doubt that it went in, as opposed to going up like one handed and trying to like windmill it down. You are a hundred percent spot on with that. He was very careful there. Yeah. Slate making the most of his minutes. By the way, also like our free throw shooting was also poor. Like I think if we shot normally from free throw land like that we might have also won the game despite our three point shooting. So a lot of bad shooting yes. today and we're willing to blame it on that. We held them to 58 points is like and they've been playing very well and they've been shooting well as a team. So like I, it's a tough loss. I'm just willing to say I'm going to throw that in the garbage because you also knew Colin was a little bit hobbled and you and you and you you, you toss it out because the shooting was literally that bad. I, I just I kind of disagree with you here like we've had too many discussions where you're like, "Oh, we can toss it out. We can toss it out." I I have not said that before. Uh, that that's okay, fine. So maybe you yeah. haven't. But making that point of we can toss it out because it's an aberration, I think overlooks the point we made earlier that these aberrations happen on a regular basis. And therefore, this is just symptomatic of what this team actually does. I might so, have said it after the Creighton game. Yeah, anyway. I might have. You might have. <laughs> I'm so, like thinking through, I'm like <laughs> racking my brain yeah, as we're sitting we here. We talk a lot. You'll probably said it at some point. Yeah. Anyway, so agree to disagree on that one. I think this is very representative of what this team does. Yeah. Should we talk? Should we do our new segment? Yeah, let's the Baywatch. Do it. The Baywatch. Baywatch, man. So I loved Baywatch growing up as a kid, by the way, for... Obvious reasons, David Hasselhoff's acting ability. Yeah. That's why I watched it. Number one reason to like anything. I think that's why most people watched Baywatch, yeah. to be clear. I um, mean, just a muscular guy running down the beach. That's what Sadiq Bey is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That was the inspiration for the Baywatch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in all sincerity, Sadiq Bey's game, we've talked about many times throughout the year. The reason we're highlighting it this week, we've got some revised NBA draft boards coming out. In particular... The Athletic. The Athletic, which is a reputable source. Right, right, right. You have to pay <laughs> to, to look at this article, okay? And they have Sam Ficini who does it. He's a respected guy. He doesn't just put out bullshit. Like, the Athletic's business model is not clickbait. Yeah. Like, they actually avoid clickbait. So they're not incentivized to put high-name guys who everyone wants to see there so that they get a lot of clicks on their article because they want to show a lot of ads and the whole nine yards. Like, their model is subscription-based. They're there for the serious reader who takes it seriously, etc. I'm not saying that, that what they say is golden and how it's going to play out, but what, all I'm saying is they actually take an unbiased perspective. I trust their point of view. Yeah, and... And also they have, I always do like a little bit of a sanity check too. I'm like, oh, is somebody showing up there who makes absolutely no sense? As an example, I saw one the other day that had J-Rob on there. And I'm like, that's nice. I don't think there's any world in which J-Rob is getting drafted in the first round. So please yeah. stop. Yes. So we don't, don't have those. So Sadiq Bey shows up at number 14. 14, Lotto. That's Lotto. Lotto. Which, as we've talked about, if you're getting the first round guarantee and if you're showing up in the lotto you're likely getting a first round guarantee yeah you're going you're going you're going so given that the Baywatch right now is looking good for Sadiq if looking you good. are into making money quickly yes which 
I would imagine most people are, right. self-included. Right, correct. Look, on the full 40, just to like level set here for people who might be new to the podcast, we know we got a lot of new listeners. Just to level set on our point of view on guys going early. Generally speaking, our take is if you have any sort of guarantee or it's pretty confident or people are confident in general, there seems to be a consensus that you are a first round pick. Our point of view is that you need to go, even if you're not a senior. Obviously, if you're a senior, then go. But you have to go. That's our point of view is go get paid. Get your monies. Get money. Because... Because you don't know if you're going to have that opportunity. It's important to you to do it. Like, like it's a life-changing sum. Like, go and get your money. Spend it wisely. Make good decisions. Make informed decisions. But go get that money. So that's kind of our point of view in general on that. So we're going to be naturally more inclined to say, hey, go. Yeah. And we'll deal with the team consequences later. For we sure. have a deep team next year. We're going to be good. So... We're taking this attitude of we're not going to speak about hope. We're going to speak about what we think is going to happen. Yes. And so right now, as Rob said, the Baywatch is looking like Bay is gone Yeah. after and the season. Our second data point to Bleacher Report, much less reputable from a draft stock position or draft stock evaluation, also has Bay at number 15. So in that same range. But yeah, tack it up for what it's worth. Yeah. Baywatch, out the door in my mind as we sit here today. Yep. All right. All right. Cool. So, bouncing off of the topic of Bay going to the draft, yes, which we have him in. Yep. Let's talk about the guys who are already there. Let's do it. And a little heart do a, monitor. Little heart monitor yeah. segment. I think we need to lead off the heart monitor with the namesake himself, the meme king, Josh Hart. Josh Hart. So Josh Hart has absolutely leaned into his reputation as like the king of memes and the source of memes in the NBA. Josh Hart meme factory. Meme factory, absolutely. Most of the time, he is the one initiating the meme. He's very smart about it. He's embraced the high five thing. He knows his reputation. He plays into it. This time, however. No. No, no, He did no, not no, have no, that no, control. No, no, He got a LeBron... <laughs> Let's call it what it is. You got a dick to the face. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you got to check it out if you haven't seen it already. It was all over ESPN. It, LeBron posted it on Instagram. Yeah. LeBron just goes up for this monster dunk and yeah. just boom, right in Josh's a, face. A whole lot of LeBron James. A whole lot of LeBron. In Josh Hart's face. Yeah, it was uh, It was pretty gold. Rihanna, like, like, like. The Rihanna. Yeah, the, was the like, Rihanna. has anyone checked on Josh Hart? <laughs> People made other other memes about it. It was it was the story. It was unfortunately the story of the NBA this year. Although I did see the, a funny wow, thing. that was a <laughs> that was the story of the NBA this year. I meant this a, week. I meant this week. Take. I meant this week. <laughs> <laughs> NBA sure. NBA recap. Josh Hart gets <laughs> LeBron right in his face. Oh my god. Uh, one of my favorite <laughs> bits, though, of this was, like, the next game, like, LeBron James questionable due to sore groin. <laughs> and people were like, damn, heart, like, you got a hard head. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I totally missed that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, um, all right. So, yeah, we got to start there. Unfortunately for Josh, he was on the receiving end of maybe the poster of the season. It, yeah, it could be. It could yeah. be. That's that's one of those great ones. Um, all right. So some quicker hits around the league for our guys. It was a pretty good week 
across the league. Eric dropped 23 points on 7 of 14 shooting a couple nights ago against LeBron and the Lakers. Yeah. Granted, it was a loss like most of his games are. But, hey, <laughs> Eric keeps producing. Yeah. So kudos to him. And he always gets, like, a nice highlight, and the Warriors just keep spotlighting him. So good for you, Eric. Just keep embracing it. Bring your dunk fest to the table. I love it. A shout-out to another one of our great 2018 national champions, Michael Bridges. Uh, Michael. Michael. Big, big Michael fan. Big Mike guy. We haven't spotlighted him enough. He's been playing actually a ton of minutes for the Suns on a very regular basis and has actually been filling up the stat sheet pretty well. Had a few double-digit games in a row this past week. Is just crushing it on the steal front. He had like a game of four steals, a game of three steals. So he's doing it all, again, on a not great Suns team. They're a little bit more competitive than the Warriors are for sure. But Michael just getting the job done. Michael. Just to be clear, we know his name is not Michael Bridges. Mikhail. Mikhail. Anyway, so those are two. I think the other one I do want to call out is Jalen. Who... Yeah, Jalen, torn labrum, right? Yeah, that's what it's looking like. So it looks like he got a torn labrum or partially torn labrum. He is going to need surgery, although he can play through it. It seems to be a pain management issue. Yes. For some uh, of our listeners who are experts on, on pain management, I yeah. know there are a few. It seems to be a pain management issue, um, but he'll be able to play through the rest of the season and through the playoff run, and post-Maverick season, he is going to need surgery. Yeah, it's never, so, never a great one so for we, a basketball um, player. You know, so we send our T's and P's <laughs> to, 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 to Jalen and his shoulder. Oh, um, my gosh. But, but – it's good to see that he's able, he doesn't have to miss it because his team has been on a wild ride. Yeah, it's been a fun ride, like a, a way more than expected ride yeah. for the Mavs. Yeah, Luca is ridiculous. He's very like good. the whole team's good. So like like it's I'm happy that that that's the worst of it, and Jalen can kind of play through it and get to experience the playoffs on the court. Yeah, that would be awesome. As a key piece of that roster. Um, last part of the heart monitor today. We can just spend a, a minute on it. We talked a little bit about it. On a previous podcast this week, Kyle got his Kyle 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 got his jersey retired. Had yeah. his family with him there. His kids are the cutest, by the way. Oh wait, we gotta let's stop right there. Okay, his little kid. Yeah, that suit. He should teach Jay Wright and Ed Cooley oh, how to dress. It's a because his suit and sneaker game was absolute fire. I think you bring up a good point. Kyle was styling, too. Oh, he was. And so both those kids were, but specifically the little one. We posted it on Twitter. Check it out at the full 40. Big ups to Kyle. It was fun. And also there there were a couple of the guys that he played with. I think you said Foy and, uh, and A-Ray were there. Yeah, yeah. And Nardi, obviously, because Nardi's on the coaching staff. But, like, yeah. I, I just wanted to touch base on that for just a second because, for me, it was... Special to see specifically um, those three guys on the court together. They took a picture with Kyle's like jersey retired, but yeah. now all three of them have their jerseys retired Foy, Ray, and Lowry. Um, and I just want to kind of harken back yeah. to really the teams that jump started the J Wright era, the 0405 year, and the 0506 year, and specifically the 0506 year. I don't know if it was because. Rob, you and I were freshmen. But that team, despite, and I'm putting air quotes around only, but 
only getting to the Elite Eight, despite, you know, having the talent, like, to, to even go further, they ran into the juggernaut Florida teams from, from, yeah. that, from that, the Joakim Noah teams. Um, but despite that, that team holds, like, a place in, like, Villanova history and lore. And, like, fans love that team in a way that even some other teams in Villanova history that even did better. Like, I think if you ask mm, a lot of fans, a lot of fans, like, I love the 0809 team. That was our senior year. Like, sure. like, to me, that was, like, a very special moment. And, you know, obviously breaking through the Final Four means a lot nationally. But in a, in our own house, in our own Villanova family, I almost feel like the 0506 team still is almost like people still put that team above the 0809 team. Mm. Um, despite not getting to that step of the Final Four. Mm, I see what you're getting at. And, and maybe that's because there was, you know, it, it corresponds, obviously, so closely with Jay's start and kind of Jay's growth and that being kind of the signature breakthrough. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of, like, it was those guys' team and they kind of, like, grew up yeah. together part of it. But a lot I, of great characters on that team. I, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that it was Jay's, Jay's kind of return of the program to prominence. But man, I, 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 I want to do, I would love to do on this podcast and w- like we might have to talk to some connections to try and hook it up, but I'd love to do an oral history of that year because that year I felt like the entire campus and Villanova community was just lockstep with that team. Like oh, yeah. just all over it, just like following it so closely. It felt like the energy and the buzz around it. I'm telling you. For people listening, like the Pavilion and the Wells Fargo Center were absolutely bonkers rocking every single night that year in a way that I can't remember another unit or squad that had that same kind of vibe in the stadium. Yeah. There was just something in the air about that team. Yeah, no. I don't know how to put my finger to it. The one thing that points out is that we played an early season game against Oklahoma at the Pavilion. Hmm. And it was like four versus oh, I five, that. yeah, right. And it was like the the student section was absolutely slam packed. It was rocking back and forth. They allowed like they must have allowed like twenty five hundred students in that. It was a lot of people. It was a lot of people there, and specifically Kyle. And they kept showing it on the replay. He made like an up and under. Oh, I remember high off about. the yeah, glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like bananas. Yeah, I mean, you could and, say Kyle Lowry's a pretty good player. Yeah. And so, and so you had that one. Then you had the UConn game later that year, which was just ridiculous. I would love, again, as I said, to the extent that we have listeners who are members of the 0506 team, I am saying it now. You have an open invite. Reach out to us at the Full 40. We'd love to have you on. I specifically want an oral history of that season, specifically the UConn game, because that UConn game is gone down along with yeah. the Kansas oh, game the year before as, like, games that built this program. Yeah, for sure. For sure. No, I love it. All right. A little right. bit of a tangent there, but yeah, I needed to call that out. No, that's, uh, you're spot on there. Um, cool. So let's – I think we can call it a day on the heart monitor. For our listeners' ears, let's just do a quick look ahead because we are up on the last week of the regular season – And we seem to have some clarity on how things are looking to shake out since we lost today. Yeah. So, so this, so this week with the loss today, we fell back into a clear third place. We're actually closer to fourth. Um, 
and and you know we got Seton Hall and Marquette going as we speak, but Seton Hall is blowing out Marquette right now. Yeah, at Marquette, it looks pretty. So, up. so Seton pretty Hall up. is is now taking its place as like the leader coming into the final week as looking like they're going to get the title. Though Seton Hall and Creighton do play, and Seton Hall also has to play us. Yeah, Seton Hall's got a tough week coming up, but Seton Hall is putting a stamp on on this week and looking like the 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 favorite to win the Big East regular season championship now. Yeah, Seton Hall is going to go to thirteen and three, so we're at eleven and five at this point. So Seton I got Hall, Creighton for a win tomorrow too, so they're going to go to twelve and four. Yeah, so you'd basically have to have you basically have to have Seton Hall lose both games, which means Creighton wins one, and then and Creighton's got to win they against. They got to win. They got to lose at Georgetown at home. Which it's is not, not going to happen. happen. Yeah. So Seton Hall or Creighton's getting the one seed here. Yeah. I think Seton Hall's got the in the driver's seat because I think Seton Hall is probably going to beat. Well, yeah, I'm probably predicting that they're going to beat us. Yeah. Because um, we're playing at Seton Hall on on Wednesday, but Seton Hall appears to be in the driver's seat. We look to be the two or the three seed. We could slip to the four. That depends on what Providence does. Um, this week is Providence. Well, Providence got two home games for Xavier and DePaul. So Providence looks like they're going to go two and up. So this is actually looking a little bit dicey. We do not want to fall to the four. Right. And like, why don't we want to fall to the four? Because we don't want to play at, in exactly. the in the 230 game on Thursday. Yeah. And so we want to be in the 2-3 slot, in the night slot, at MSG on Thursday night, and play through that. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, yeah, we only have a game – up on Providence. Yeah. And we have a tough week, as we just mentioned. Also, one thing to point out, like, if you're the four seed, you have to play the five, and that looks like it could be Marquette, who we struggled with Oof. twice. Um, Butler and Xavier are, are are looking to be the six and the seven slots. Yep. And then you have Georgetown or St. John's is the eight, nine, and then DePaul. So, so like... You want to be in that two-three slot. You don't want to be in that four bracket because yeah. then you got to play the five seed in your first round. Totally. So, given our two games this week, what do you think? We've got Seton Hall first at at Seton, Seton Hall. Hall. Now, at Seton Hall for us, yes, it's a home game for Hall. I do think there'll be a lot of Villanova fans there. A lot of fanfare going on around that game. I still think we lose. Interesting. I still think we lose. Seton Hall looks to be. Has righted the ship after like a, a little mini swale. Little wall, yeah. Little mini swale in February. Swale is that a word? Oh, that's a word. Swale. 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 Mm, yeah. Okay. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. Heard it here first. Swale. All right. Um, so, so I think Seton Hall is going to beat us. Unfortunately, I do think we pick up the final win of the season at Georgetown next Saturday. And Georgetown, St. John's, and DePaul all missed the NCAA tournament. Everyone else, though, seven teams in for the Big East. That's crazy. All right, so I'm going to disagree with you on a couple things. I think we go 2-0 this week. Boom. I think our— Calling it 2-0. I think we're 2-0. I think our inconsistency gives us a bounce back against uh, Seton Hall. 
Okay. Come back firing, and Georgetown, the wheels have just fallen off Georgetown. There's, yeah, I mean, I expect, to beat, I expect to beat Georgetown. So, for me, it ends up to They no, got injured players. I just don't. Uh, yeah, yeah, they have, like, no scholarship yeah. players left. They're yeah. running with no bench right yeah. now. It's terrible. They yeah. gave me a call to see if I wanted to play, and I was like, eh, I'm kind of busy, guys. <laughs> so, I just, just gave them a pass. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think 2-0 this week. I think we end up with, with the three seed. Okay. Three seed would be would be fine. I'm fine with the three seed. I'm fine with that as well, too. So, yeah, so, wow, it's really, the math is really playing out seven teams making the tournament. It's looking like it. I think Xavier on the right side of the bubble? Xavier is on the right side of the bubble for now. Remember, the bu- bubble is weak. I mean, everyone says that every <laughs> well, year. I was going to say, every, every year, single year, every the year, the bubble's weak. weak. But this year, in, like, <laughs> everything's, everyone's bad. Everyone's bad. There's a lot of teams who are around 500. There's people who are saying Purdue, who is like one game over 500, is going to make the NCAA tournament. That's kind of nuts. Yeah. So Providence punched their ticket, in my mind today, with a home win, home Q1 win. Um, sorry, in a way, Q1 win at us. They're now up to seven, uh, 17 and 12. I think they probably win another two this week. That's in the 19 and 12. And then pick up another win, theoretically, in the in the Big East. Boom. They got a twenty win season. They're making the NCAA tournament, and then yeah, Z- Butler and Marquette are pretty much locks, and yeah. like the, the the top three of us, Creighton and Hall, are all locks. So that leaves really uh, Xavier and Providence is the only question mark. But again, as I said, I think Providence is punched, and I think Xavier is just the only team left to secure their bid. Pretty exciting. And as we've discussed before, it's not just about how many teams you get in the tournament; it's what noise you can make this year, though different than others, the Big East is well-positioned to make some noise. Oh, I think so very much because I think no matter what seed Creighton's coming from, I'm, oh. I'm picking them to go Creighton, pretty far. Creighton, I, if they're I, unbelievable. It doesn't matter who I am. I do not want to see Creighton in my bracket. No. Or Seton Hall for that matter. No. I can see Creighton doing like kind of what we did in 08-09 in that Final Four run where we just obliterated two teams in a row like yeah. to, to make it to the Elite Eight. They are, then, they're a very good team. Oh, they're real good. They're scrappy. Really good. Yeah. Like, if you told me right now Creighton's going to win the whole thing, I'd be like, okay, I can buy it. It's not that far-fetched. No. Period. No. And I think Seton Hall could be right there, too. I'm not, I wouldn't be blown if, like, four teams make make the Sweet 16 from the Big East and maybe another three make it to the Elite Eight and, like, two make it to the Final Four. I think it's possible that the Big East gets two teams. In I think the Final we could four. definitely get two teams in the Final Four. I'd I think those two teams are Seton Hall and Creighton. Yeah, I'm not sure it's going to be. I don't, I don't think I'm it's not us. sitting here saying it's going to no, be us. You could get us. a favorable draw. You could shoot really well. But absent absent both of those things happening, I'm not seeing a path to the Final Four for us. You know what's crazy? Creighton brings back everybody. Again? Yep. Fuck. Yep. <laughs> Creighton's going to be really fucking good next year. Yeah. We're also going to be really fucking good next year. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. By the way, regardless of Bay. Yes. Yes, Bay or no Bay? Yeah. Bay, we're still going to be really good. Yeah. Cool. All right. Should we give our listeners a couple minutes back? Uh, I, I guess so. So, yeah, we're going to give it all the way back to you guys. Under a full 40. Under under the full 40 minutes on this year on this week's podcast. Do have some special programming announcements to make. Do it. So next week we're going to be back after the final game of the regular season to recap where everything stood and to look ahead at the Big East tournament. Yep. We are going to be podcasting live, live recording. Oh, yeah. This is actually kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing a live recording of the Full 40 with D-Ray. Yeah. 
Not fully confirmed yet, but we are supposed to be doing a live recording with D-Ray um, at Compton. At Compton Ale Crom House. Crompton. Crompton Ale Crompton. House? Crompton. <laughs> Crompton. Crompton Ale House might be a different scene. Um, Crompton Ale House um, on 26th Street. I think it's 26. I don't know what it is. Um, we'll firm up next week. Um, right before our first game of the Big East Tournament. Um, and and then we have an interview that we did actually today. Yeah. But we will be releasing in between the Big East Tournament, in between the selection show and the NCAA Tournament with Chuck Everson from the 1985 team. Yep. And we are working on a couple other interviews to be doing. To be confirmed. To be confirmed in that week as well. And we're looking to release a handful of interview podcasts right in that little bunch between yeah. selection show and just give you all your villanova content oh, yeah. get you jazzed up for we, the tournament we know that that's when everyone wants to listen to podcasts about villanova and that's when everyone's jazzed up so we're going to give it to you all right then and there i love it all right let's wrap it up thanks for listening and as always let's, let's go, go nova, nova.